Heartbreak isn't an easy emotion to process or speak to. In the moment, the pain and grief that comes from a loss overwhelms that heartbroken soul. And I don't know about you, but when it's someone I love whose heart feels like it's falling apart, I want to help, but I don't know how. It feels like anything I would say or do might be too sensitive, but I know isolation isn't good for her either. After her sister miscarried, not only did Candace deal with her own grief, but she got a front row seat to watching someone she loves dearly go through devastating heartbreak. Today, she shares their story, how to respond when a heart breaks and how to heal when that heart is your own. This is the non-exclusive podcast. Stories that remind you you're not the only one. Hosted by Rebe and Candice. It was Christmas morning, and our whole family sat in our living room watching my nephew Kanan open the last present. My sister Brittany then handed each of us an envelope. On the front of my envelope, it said, Auntie Can, love Kanan. We waited until everyone had theirs and opened them together. Inside, there was a whole bunch of confetti and a photo of Kanan holding a sign that read, I'm gonna be a big brother. The second I saw it, I cried. I was going to have another nephew or maybe even a niece. My heart was so happy because Auntie, or TT as Kanan calls me, is my absolute favorite name. Our entire family was so thrilled for Brittany and her husband Drew and so excited to see Kanan as a big brother. Next came countless conversations with Brittany about what it would be like if the baby was a girl. How beautiful would she be? Maybe she would have more of Drew's coloring and not be as pale as us. Kanan definitely got our Irish skin. We looked up name meanings and, of course, Bob baby clothes. I just remember being so excited. Then one day in February, my brothers and I received a text from my mom. Something's happening with the baby. The doctor couldn't find a heartbeat. Pray. Brittany will go back to the doctors tomorrow and listen for the heartbeat again. So I prayed, hard. With all of my faith, I prayed that that baby would be okay. And I really believed it would be. It wasn't. The doctor couldn't find a heartbeat and Brittany miscarried the baby. My heart broke. It broke for the loss of my niece or nephew. It broke that I would never get to hold them and tell them how much they were loved. My heart broke for Brittany and Drew and Kanan and the plans that they had for their family. But more than anything, my heart broke for my sister, who is one of the strongest women ever, but I knew she was heartbroken. In my family, I'm the talker. Britt, she's more of a stuffer. She isn't really one to pour out her emotions like me. So after hearing this news, I was concerned. How would I help her or be there for her? I knew she wasn't going to want to talk it out like I would. And even though it would make me feel better if she just talked to me about it, This wasn't about me. It was about making sure Britt was okay. So as much as I wanted to force her to talk it out, to tell her she would feel better if she just told me how she was feeling, I knew I needed to be there for her in a way she needed me. For Britt, that meant writing her a note that let her know that I loved her and I'm here for her. And then to be the place that she could come and not talk about it. Sometimes she would just come to my room 
sit on my bed, and we'd watch whatever thing was on Netflix. Sometimes she would cry, sometimes she wouldn't. I remember just wanting to be a safe place for her, to listen if she needed it, or to cry with her, to remind her that I loved her, to laugh with her when she just wanted to feel normal for a moment. At this point in my life, I didn't know many people who had had a miscarriage. Or if I did, they didn't talk about it. So this was a learning curve for me. I had to figure out how to be there for my sister. We made it through this hard season and we learned a lot. One of the big things that we've learned is, you guessed it, we need to talk about it. So we did. Test inside the movie theater. Test. Yeah, really loud, isn't it? Test! Okay. How about the other one? Test! Okay, good job. Okay, uh, can you sing me, uh, Thunder? Feel the thunder, feel the thunder. Lightning and the thunder, thunder, thunder. Feel the thunder. Lightning and This the is Kanan. He was helping me thunder. test the mic before I sat down with his mom to talk about this season of our lives. Kanan is now thrilled to be a big brother after Britt and Drew welcomed sweet baby Hazel into the world just a few months ago. Seriously, Hazel is just beyond cute. She has the cutest little round face and the cutest little laugh and these beautiful, you guessed it, Hazel eyes. And I just really adore her. She is such a joy to our family. But you can imagine what went through Brittany's mind when she discovered she was pregnant for the first time after having a miscarriage. Britt and I sat on the floor of what used to be our childhood bedroom, now our dad's studio, and talked about what that was like, how she healed, wrestled with fear, and what meant the most to her in those difficult times. I never even thought that, like, I could have a miscarriage, you know? Like, my yeah. mom had, like, four, you know, like, easy, regular pregnancies. Um, so then when we tried to get pregnant with our second one, um, the same thing. I just was like, cool, I'm pregnant, like... You know, and then you start planning, like, you know, like I was due in August. So you're like, okay, by, you know, Christmas next year, like we're going to have a baby. Like there's no like doubt about it. You just, you know, you start planning for your future with these kids. And um, like my first, my first doctor's appointment, like everything was fine. Like, you know, keep going forward. And, and then you think that like, you just get to the 12 weeks and like, by that time you can start telling everyone because it's like for sure going to be good. And you know, so we made our announcement. It was 12 weeks. We like told everybody. Um, and then I go to like my 12 week doctor's appointment and the ultrasound tech like can't find a heartbeat. I was like, this is crazy. Like when, where could it have gone? Maybe they're hiding or something, you know, but something just felt like weird. I felt like, like, oh crap. Like how could this happen? You know? Yeah. So what happened was that the baby stopped growing at eight weeks. So like the whole like four weeks after that, it just like started just getting smaller and smaller. And then there was just no heartbeat. So I went back, you know, like a week later just to double check and um, still like having like finding out that your baby is not like gonna be a baby is like hard. And I thought like that was gonna be the hard part, like telling people like, you know, we had a miscarriage and it's like an awkward thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. and, like it's pain, painful for us to talk about, but then it's also awkward for other people because they don't know how to like 
like what to say, like, oh, sorry. You know, there's not like a sorry, like a big enough like word that's like sorry enough, you know, like, but then the actual like, like physical miscarrying part was probably the most like traumatic because it's like, they just tell you like, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll miscarry, but they don't really explain like what's going to happen and what happened as at work. And I just had like a ton of cramps and, and it was like, you seriously have to like labor this little tiny like thing out of your body, you know? And that was probably so traumatic. I had to go to the doctor and it was just like painful. So then now what do you do? You know? So I guess the hard, like the hardest part is just like, people don't know how to like how to talk to you about it yeah and and I'm not like the most sharing kind of person I don't really like express my feelings or share them with others and I just kind of like to deal with things like on my own so I get for probably the hardest part was with for my family like what do we do what what can we do you know Mm -hmm. even with my husband like I guess for him it wasn't it wasn't as big of a deal because he hadn't really like made a connection with it. Yeah. Like, cool. It's exciting. We're having a baby, but it's so it's not his body. He didn't like feel all the changes that I had already like had. Yeah. And yet I don't look pregnant. So for him, it like it, it was sad, like, like bummer, you know, but it's okay. We'll have another baby. It's fine. You know, for me, it's like, that was already our baby. Yeah. You know, like, we still have two kids. This one's in heaven. Um, and I feel like maybe he still kind of feels that way. Like for me, it's like, well, now I have a, another baby. So I have three kids. Yeah. And for him, it's just like two. I have this card that my mom gave me. I still have it. But she, I guess because everyone knows I'm not good with feelings, everyone kind of wrote like, ooh, I don't know how to like, I don't know how to like help you, but we're here. But my mom's so sweet. She gave me this card with a bunch of scriptures on it. And inside, like she also, she gave me a little present with it. And she's like, dear Brit, the flowers are so you can see beautiful in the midst of darkness. Um, The robe as your mother, I just want to wrap you in my arms and hold you close, as close as I can. That somehow I can take away all the pain that you're carrying and free you from that burden. I know it really doesn't work that way, but I thought maybe being wrapped up in a soft, snuggly robe, you would feel comfort. I'm just praying that the Lord would bring you in true healing, comfort, and restoration. And we're here for you if you need us. And I think that was like the sweetest because it was just like a big fluffy like white robe and it and like just some flowers, you know, so you could smile. But that's just like probably was like the perfect thing because it was just like like I didn't know how to talk about it and because no one else knew how to talk about it, I didn't want to talk about it. So it was just like I just want to sit in this robe and watch Netflix or whatever it was I did. I think I just went to the gym like crazy and just tried to like push through it like that. The good thing is that like when I did post about like my miscarriage on like Facebook and stuff, like a ton of people had like would had messaged me and were just like people who I didn't even know had miscarriages, you know, because they're like, oh, I like I didn't know how to talk about it. Yeah. 
So I never told anybody, you know, and then if you do that, then you're like fighting through it alone. And when I, when people were reaching out to me, like, I know this is so hard. I know this is so hard, but if you need to talk, like I'm here for you. And it was people who I didn't like, not even good friends, like acquaintances who like now we had something in common that like, you know, probably made us closer as friends because it's really hard for so many people. What like goes through your head is just like, well, like, did I do something that made this happen? Like, did I, you know, like I was going to the gym a lot. Like, did I, you know, lift something too heavy? Did I work out too hard? Like, was there not enough blood flow? You know, like, did my heart rate get too high? Um, did I eat something that did it? You know, like, and all this stuff is just like going through your head. Like, it must have been something that I did. It must have been something, you know, because what else, what else could it have been? My other pregnancy was fine, you know, like what makes this one different? And then you start thinking like, well, can I ever have another kid? Like, will I have another kid? Like I have one and he's perfect, but like, is that just going to be our life? We're just going to have one, a single child, you know? And that's scary because I, we always wanted to have like four kids. And I, I know that lots of people I'm sure have like thought about that, but in my mind at the time, you just start like overthinking everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, like when I got pregnant with my, my daughter, I just had her in May. Um, but I found out, we found out we were pregnant in September and this was like, you know, two and a half years after the miscarriage, the whole like first trimester, it was just like, I was so like full of anxiety. I didn't know like you know, like, are we in the clear yet? Like, are we okay now? Even after 12 weeks, you know, like I heard of people like miscarrying at like 18 or 20. So I'm like, oh God, like, when am I going to feel like at peace? Like, when can I start planning like for our life with this baby? You know, like I didn't want anyone to like buy me anything. And I, like, I didn't even like look at like baby clothes and stuff because it was like, I didn't want to get my hopes up that like, what if it's going to happen again? And I know like my husband was, the same way we'd go to like our ultrasound appointments and we'd see like this like baby like moving around like crazy and you know she everything was always so perfect like she had a great heartbeat and she was always easy to find and there was never anything bad but still he's like are we in the clear now like okay now you know and I think by probably like 20 weeks I think I finally was like like just like like relieved like okay I think now I can just like start looking forward to having this girl you know for me probably like the biggest help that really helped me like I put this on my phone on like my my lock screen and it's um Isaiah 66 9 and it says I will not cause pain um I, I will not cause pain without allowing something new to be born and that was just like my lock screen my entire 10 months of pregnancy because yeah like I would wake up at like you know like three or four in the morning and just like like I can't sleep because I'm thinking about like like oh god I slept on my stomach like I smushed her like oh my god like or you know I have a a slight cramp like is something wrong and I would like look at my phone or I would just like you know just pray that over and over again like I know that this is what he promised me like I know that I'm gonna have my family and like this scripture just carried me through like the entire thing because 
like I know that people can have multiple miscarriages, you know, for me, like that's like, that was obviously like a big fear. But when I finally, like when I had my daughter and I, I finally got to hold her, like it was just like, it was even like, not like more special than my first, but just, it was like bigger because yeah. like, because we made it, like we got, we got through that patch. We went like, we got through that hard thing and then God promised us that like, he would allow this to happen, whether it was with her or whether it was with another baby, like later on. But you now I just feel like she's just like, like the biggest gift, you know? And, and she is, she's just so sweet and so calm and, you know, this the most relaxed, sweetest thing. I can't say like, I mean, I feel like I went through it okay. Like, I don't think there's any easy, easy way to go through it, you yeah. know, or for other people to help you go through it. And I think for everyone, it's different. Yeah. Maybe someone else, you know, would want to talk about it more or um, it, maybe someone else would have kept busier or um, I don't know. But for me, it was whatever we did, it yeah. worked, you know. Um, I, it's probably took probably like almost a full year until I could at least talk about it like casually, you know? And especially when I got pregnant, you know, this last time, like when you're in the doctor, they ask you like, how many pregnancies have you had? You know, like how, what baby is this? And you, you have to count the one that you miscarried, you know, they counted as a pregnancy. And so, you know, it's like, this is your third pregnancy, you know, and then they ask you like, well, how many births have you had? And like, well, I've only birthed one kid so far, you know, the other one I didn't have, you know, and that's like, they're very clinical about it. And then, and I'm just sitting there like, I think about it again, you know, and that's just, sometimes I think like, you know, how could, what would our family be like now if we had that baby, you know, but also at the time, um, you know, a few months after we had a miscarriage, there was a lot of stuff that went, you know, went on with my husband and I, and we ended up getting separated. And I feel like maybe God knew that, that, that like, like he didn't make me miscarry, but it was for the better because during that time, it would have been like a billion times harder if we had a baby, then maybe we wouldn't have separated. And then we wouldn't have worked through the things that we had to, to get to where we are today, yeah, you know, because if we had an infant, you know, like that would have been way harder to do. Yeah. And now when I think back at that time, as hard as that time was after it was hard to miscarry, it was really hard to get separated. You know, it was, that was really, really rough in that time. Like, I don't think I ever cried more than <laughs> during that time. I no. feel like I remember like certain thing. I couldn't even like, like, I remember we went to the mall, you, me and Noel. Yeah. And she was looking for like work clothes and just walking around the mall. Like I couldn't even like, if Noelle was like, how are you doing? Or just like, Hey, you know, or just give me a hug. Then I would just cry for no reason. You know, everything was so, so hard, but you know, we made it out of that. You know, God took us out, out of that, like worst part, worst time of my life to where we are today with two awesome little kids, you know? Yeah. And you know, like Drew has a great job now, you know, I never thought that like, I wouldn't be working that like, 
I remember like during the miscarriage, I had just started working at 2088 and, and I think I just like threw myself into work. You know, I was working like two jobs and, and for me, like being creative and being busy and like this, like the stress of being a chef was probably like what just took my mind off of it to where like, I don't know if that's the healthiest way. I mean, it worked at the time. I mean, if it would have happened now, like I would, I am not working. So it would have been just like, you can't see this. Explosion. (laughs) It's been really rough. She made some hand motions (laughs) like her brain was exploding. Is there anything else that like, was encouraging in those moments? Because I know, like, our aunt talked to you a lot. Oh. and Yeah, my Aunt Joy, she... She had two, like, babies that were born and passed away, like, very soon after they were born. Like, like hours after Which they is, were born. God, I can't imagine that's... was That would be just, like, yeah. the worst thing. Like, back to back. They had, like, one son that was fine and was born, like, you know, no issues. And then had these two boys that were born back to back that passed away and then like miracle of miracles had you know been and and he was fine as well so but yeah she I remember she was just like the probably like the biggest my biggest supporter and I don't think she even like knows like how supportive that she was but she she like sent me flowers like out of nowhere um she would always send me like scriptures or just like you know just text like how you doing? You know? And for me, I think that was easier because I could talk to her and it wasn't like in person. So I didn't have to feel like, Oh God, I'm crying again and trying to talk to somebody. It's hard to talk when you're crying, you know? Um, and it, it hurt so bad to talk, but I was just able just to text her what I was feeling. And, you know, she would, you know, just be, she was so encouraging. And then especially when I got pregnant this last time, she was probably one of the first people that I told you know, I think I even told her maybe before my parents because it like we were waiting for this like way to tell my parents and it was going to be really cute. But I, you know, I, I knew was, first. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I knew first. But I was so I was so nervous. You know, I texted her. I was like, don't tell anybody. You know, nobody knows. But like, I just found out I'm pregnant and I'm like so scared. You know, I don't I don't want to live in fear. I can't be afraid my whole pregnancy. But this is how I feel. And it's like it's overwhelming. And she, she was so sweet. She, I think she sent me flowers that time, you know, and she sent me this little tiny, like onesie thing. Once we found out we were having a girl, she sent me it. And she was just like, I know after every appointment, doctor's appointment, I would send her a little picture of my, my sonogram, you know, and tell her like, she weighs like, you know, half an ounce now, you know, like little things, because I know that like, that she cared, you know, and she wanted to know those things. And it wasn't just like, it wasn't nothing to her. You've so you've posted like things on Facebook and like to encourage people to talk about it, right? To oh, talk yeah. about their experiences because um it's something that sometimes people feel like like they're the only one who's going through it. Totally. And they're mm-hmm. walking through it alone, you know, and and one like I think you've said this multiple times, like the the biggest help was having people you didn't even know had experiences as well come and like stand with you. You know, and and you'll do the same for for people now too. You know, because you you understand in a way that other people can't. You know, mm-hmm. so talking about it with people who have gone through it is helpful, right? Yeah, I posted this 
little thing in like February, February. So I must have been like six months pregnant or something. Um, and I was basically posting a picture of the scripture, Isaiah 66, 9, and then just kind of saying like, um, like ever since my miscarriage three years ago, this verse has spoken so much to me. There was a lot of pain that year, but I held on to this promise. This has been the background on my phone since I found out I was pregnant. I repeated it to myself when I would feel anxious in the early weeks about whether or not there would be a heartbeat, when I would try not to get my hopes up thinking like this time next year, we're going to have a baby. When Drew and I would see her wiggly little body on the ultrasound and think, are we in the clear yet? Like, when can we stop being afraid? This week, I'll be heading into my third trimester. And over the weekend, we built her crib and her, her dresser. And I've been nesting like crazy and finally allowing myself to be excited and not fearful. In three short months, our sweet baby girl will be here as promised. And I feel so overwhelmed with joy and anticipation and peace. And I think like that, like I, man, there's like, you know, 12 or 15 comments on here of people just being like, like, thank you for sharing that, you know, thank you for being open about your miscarriage because, you know, it's, it's hard and it's scary to talk about. And there's, there is like no right way to walk through it. There, yeah. And it's different for everybody. And, you know, I think that there's probably so many people that have had miscarriages and don't know how to talk about it. And, you know, I've, that's, that's sad because it's, it's a hard thing to go through by yourself. You know, it's a hard thing to go through in general and nobody knows, nobody knows what to do or what to say or I think the best way is just to like, just to be there as a friend, just to be like, I'm here for you. If you want to just get coffee, we don't have to talk. Um, I think one of my friends had a miscarriage and I went to the store and I got her like a bunch of like her favorite snack foods and, you know, like some flowers. And just because I remember like what my mom gave to me and it was yeah. something that was like so simple, but so it meant the world, you know? Yeah. Also food is your lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that helps, you know, you kind of just give that person, like let them grieve in their own way, you mm -hmm. know, because it's like grieving is a hard thing. Like when you, when your grandparent dies, when, you know, something happens like that, but this is for a woman, you know, it's your child, mm -hmm. you know, and like we prayed for that child, you know, we wanted, we, we tried so hard and, um, and then it's like a real death, you know, and it's, I think a lot of people don't think of it that way. It's just like an embryo. It's not even a real baby yet, you know, mm -hmm. but, but it is, and it's part of you and it's part of your family. It's part of my husband, you know? So it's just like a real cliche thing to try to yep as you suspected we have an instagram and we love it and we love posting pretty things so if you enjoy instagram too check us out at non-exclusive podcast you'll read additional details to the stories you hear plus you'll get to match people's faces with their voices unless candace changes her hair color again <laughs> non-exclusive podcast on Instagram. Something that Brittany says helped her a lot during this time was an article from our friend Elizabeth Lucht. She had written it about her own miscarriage. It helped Brittany know how to grieve and understand she wasn't alone. 
Walking Through Miscarriage by Elizabeth Lucht. I feel so alone in this. Why do I feel guilty for grieving for so long? Shouldn't I already be over this? Will perfectly pregnant bellies always bring up this pang and ache in my heart? Is there something wrong with me? Will I ever get to be a mom? These were just a few of the thoughts and questions that I had wrestled with throughout the process of my missed miscarriage. I had no idea what a missed miscarriage was until the nurse told me that had happened with me. The baby had stopped growing, but my body still thought it was pregnant. It would then take anywhere from one to two and a half weeks until I would actually miscarry. As if that weren't awkward and confusing enough, my husband and I were traversing the challenges of telling the news to our family and friends, while also learning how to receive their responses, both good and otherwise. As difficult as it is for a woman to experience a miscarriage, it can be just as challenging for those around her during that time. The reality is that not everyone knows what to say to someone who's going through one. Not everyone has experienced it, and it's not guaranteed that the ones who have will know the right thing to say in the moment. During those months of going through uncharted territory and experiencing what seemed like every emotion, I felt like I heard everything under the sun. Some of the responses I received spoke to my heart and breathed life into an otherwise bleak situation. Others, unfortunately, intensified the pain, even though that was obviously not the messenger's intent. Miscarriages are very private experiences. Therefore, they have the potential of being sensitive and elusive waters to navigate. I realize each woman will cope in her own way, so please know that the suggestions below only stem from my own experience. If you find yourself wondering how to best support someone going through a similar situation, here are a few things that I wish others had known when first approaching me. Avoid saying too much. The situation is already overwhelming enough as it is. There's little mental or emotional space for us to receive and process the wordiness that often stems from a person feeling the pressure of having to say something and then grasping for anything. Do say nothing. Sometimes saying nothing speaks volumes. Just be present with us and give us space to process how we need to. When we are ready and want to talk, we'll initiate the conversation. Avoid looking up cliche sympathy quotes or sayings in hopes that they'll give us comfort. We know that your intentions are good, but these can seem somewhat superficial and trivial when we're going through a raw and heavy time. Do be genuine. Offer an I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. The honesty there is refreshing. It frees you up from having to make up an elaborate sympathy speech, potentially setting you up for a really awkward interaction. We appreciate that you are there for us, even if you don't know what to say. Heck, half the time, we don't know what to say, and we're the ones going through it. Avoid showing up unannounced, even if it's to bring us meals. A lot of the time, we just want to be alone. It feels a bit overwhelming to be around others, so please don't be offended. We are grateful for you, but we also need some space. Do let us know that you're there for us. Ask what we're in need of. Let that be an opportunity for us to let you know if we're ready for visitors and if we need anything, like a meal or a hug. When we're ready, we'll appreciate your company more than you'll ever know. Avoid asking us if we're trying again. Our bodies have to go through some recovery time before they can become pregnant again. This can be a sensitive subject, so better to be safe than sorry. 
just steer clear and give it some time. Do ask us how we're doing. This is not intrusive or assuming. This gives us the freedom to be as brief or as thorough as we'd like. Going through a miscarriage is one thing, but there's also the reality of balancing the memories and uncertainties of the future. There are things that will trigger difficult reminders of the miscarriage and kick up the dust of former pains. But through the incredible support of family, friends, and a faith community, one can be continually reminded of the hope that still exists. The mysterious stigma and silent shame of miscarriage can vanish in light of the power of sharing. When we open up with our story and receive the care and concern of others, it creates opportunity to experience both restoration and renewed perspective. Special thanks to Elizabeth Lucht for letting us read her article, Walking Through Miscarriage. You can find a link to that article in the show notes from today's episode. If you've ever had a miscarriage, my heart breaks for your loss. I pray that you know how much you are loved by the people around you and that you are never alone. God has never left you and never will. He loves you more than you can ever imagine. You will make it through this with God's strength. Cry, laugh, mourn, do what you need to process. We are here for you and so are your loved ones. If you know someone who's going through heartbreak, here's how I've learned to support them. Listen first. This may seem obvious, but think of how she needs to be loved, not how you would want to be supported. That may mean just listening when you would want to talk, sending her a card, giving her a thoughtful gift, or just sitting with her. Most of all, pray for her. Pray the things that you dream and hope for her, even if she isn't ready to hope and dream for herself again. Remember that God hears your prayers and knows your heart and loves her more than you ever could. You've kept track of all my wandering and my weeping. You've stored my many tears in your bottle. Not one will be lost, for they are all recorded in your book of remembrance. The very moment I call to you for a father's help, the tide of battle turns and my enemies flee. This one thing I know, God is on my side. Psalm 56, 8 through 9, the Passion Translation. Oh, that's sick to find a like a leader, and it always right there to the leader. Oh, that's sick to find a like a leader, and we always right there to be well. Yeah. You want me to ask you some questions for the podcast? Mm-hmm. Okay. You go to the get a microphone. I get one for dad. You're gonna get one for dad too. Okay. You get one for dad. Thank you. Uh, what's your favorite part to do? Treat the park or do the music forever? Um, favorite thing to do is to hang out with you, dude. Yeah, why? <laughs> I don't know, because I, I like hanging out with you. Okay, now you ask me something. Okay. What? When you grow up, what do you want to be? Uh, <laughs> uh, a Lego guy? A Lego guy? There you go. All right. Nice shot. You can do that. Okay, uh, Okay, what? A lot of plastic what's surgery. What's your favorite Ba-doops. song you do? What's the favorite song I do? My favorite, my favorite song is "Supporting Cast" by Papa Gandhi. Oh, okay. What's your favorite song? Uh, fi- oh, that sing you to find like a cheerleader. Oh. <laughs> find myself a cheerleader. Okay, find myself a cheerleader. 